0: from glory to glory, and I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again, in Jesus' name, amen amen, thank God for His holy written word I'm going to talk to you this morning about attitude, Wednesday night I did a little bit of a teaching on how to study the Bible, and gave an example by using attitude, I was going to go another direction, but it just was impressed in my spirit to stay on that topic and subject, so you might want to get Wednesday's CD and besides, if you weren't here for the last Sunday communion service and then the Wednesday before that, the two-part series on Jesus, our healer, if you're in need of healing, you might want to get those and play them over and over and over again to listen. There's healing in communion, praise God. So, in the celebration of the Lord's Supper, just to let you know that. But in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 23 from the Living Bible, the, the Living Translation, it says, now your attitudes and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. So since you've been born again, have your attitudes and thoughts changed for the better? Well they should be little by little. Amen? Why? Because it's been said that the attitude we live by will determine the altitude we climb to in life. It's like the attitude on an airplane which is a, an indicator on the airplane that lets the pilot know his relationship in the, to the horizon. And if that knows that the plane's down just a little bit, it's going to eventually crash. If it's up, it's going to continue to climb. So it's important that he knows the attitude of the plane. It's important we understand the attitude of our hearts. Because our attitude will determine the altitude that we climb to in Christ and also in life. So it's important that we realize that. Why? Because bad attitudes can destroy marriages. Bad attitudes can destroy children's lives. Bad attitudes can destroy uh, churches, careers, relationships, and the list goes on and on. No wonder the Apostle Paul said our attitudes need to really be changing constantly for the better. And he's writing to a people that came out of darkness, and of course he told them right before these verses, he said, your mind's not renewed yet to the word of God, the way of God, the will of God, the plan of God for your life. And you've got to realize you're in a battle, you're in a warfare between your flesh and spirit. And as long as you allow the flesh to rise up with an attitude it will dominate your life and control you. But you need to realize the need to change the way you think change your attitude. Why? For the better. So that you can have more of a Christ-like character and also that you can rise and become successful and victorious in life. Which is why I said it. So I want to share with you three important facts about our attitude. Number one first and foremost our attitude reveals what's on the inside of us. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 12, this is Jesus speaking. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, that was kind. (laughs) Speaking to the religious people of the day. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaketh. a good man out of the good treasure or deposit of the heart will bring forth good things an evil man out of the evil treasure or deposit of the heart will bring forth evil things but I say unto you that every word every idle word that man shall speak they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified by your words will be condemned so Jesus is revealing to us the fact that what is on the inside is going to come to the outside and our attitude flows from our core being In other words, our character, our disposition, who we are on the inside will manifest on the outside. And we can make the tree good. It's good to have a good attitude. It's going to do great things for us. You're going to bear the fruit of good things. Or if you have a bad attitude, it's going to bear the fruit of what? Bad things in your life. Now, for example, I have a bottle of water here. It's got one of these caps on. Have you ever had one of these where you put it on and it was not quite on the right way it was a little twisted anybody ever do that what happened now here's a, a habit that i have sometimes i put my vital reds inside the water here and then i'll put the lid back on and i'll sit down and i'm studying doing my notes sometimes at my desk here sometimes at home and i'm sitting there and i put the vital reds in and i shake them up real well because there's like a it's gritty and it settles to the bottom So I'm sitting there, take a drink, put it back on, set it down, studying. Grab it. Unconsciously I'm doing this. Well one day the cap was twisted. And unconsciously I just, I'm studying everywhere. All my notes, all my material (laughs) I had to wipe off, dry off get out the blower, <laughs> dry my papers and all that. And of course, the worst thing I ever did, I forgot to put the lid on, period. <laughs> and I took a bath in it. Now the question is, why did the water come out? Was it because the lid was a little bit on crooked? Or was it because it, I shook it, or it was shaken? Or was it because Water was in the bottle. You see, what's on the inside is going to come to the outside. Now, the cat may have contributed to it. Shaking it may have contributed to it. But water came out because water was in it. If milk was in it, what would come out? If orange juice was in it, what would come out? If apple juice was in it? Grape juice was in it. What's going to come out? What's in it is what's going to come out of it. And that's what Jesus was teaching and sharing. Now, I'm dating myself today. I don't know why I'm doing this, but how many remember that old nursery rhyme, the Jack in a Box? Of the mulberry bush? All around the mulberry bush, the monkey chases the weasel while you're cranking that thing up. Right? The monkey thought it was just nothing but fun. It was all but fun. And then Pop. Why did the weasel come out? Because the weasel was in it. <laughs> Jack the weasel, I guess is his name, was in it. And that's why he popped out of it. So the point is, whatever's on the inside of us is going to show to the outside of us, especially when our lid's not tight and we're shaken in life. Are you seeing it? Okay in the book of Acts chapter 16 listen to this story about Paul and Silas and the multitude rose up together just cast the devil out of this woman that had a spirit of divination and as a result of her not able to do what she did for her masters and give them gain they were furious infuriated at Paul and Silas and so they had them Taken, they had them whipped, they had them beaten, and now they're going to go in prison. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes, commanded to beat them, and when they had many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison, and made their feet fast in stalks okay and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed I'm going to show you a picture here of the stalks you see their feet now that doesn't really do it justice because if you're in the inner prison those stalks have wider holes, spaces to put their feet in, and it clamps down and locks them, and what they normally did was they widened it as far as they could to make it very painful for them to be in there with their legs spread about so wide, and then they were locked in that position, and if they, there's a, there's a different ways you could look at this, depending on what they really use. We don't have a revelation of it, but if, if you look it up in your commentaries, this is what you discover. You see those chains on their hands? They could have had that. They could also could have had the wooden ones where their hands were in stretched out this way and stretched out that way. Can you imagine being any period of time like this after you've been beaten and whipped and you're bleeding from your back and everywhere else? No. Or if it was just the feet, they were so wide they couldn't probably stand and they were laying down in who knows what with their backs open, ripped apart. That was their condition. what's in you is going to come out of you when your lid is loose and you're shaken what came out of Paul and Silas was prayer and praise if anyone had the right to have a bad attitude they're serving God they're doing his will They're going from place to place and they're talking about Jesus and they just cast out a a spirit of divination out of a woman. They did a great deed and a great work and all of a sudden they find themselves in this condition. What was your day like yesterday? Did you have a bad day because your wife burned your toast? Were you in a bad mood because maybe someone said something you didn't like? Oh far be it from me To have to go through anything like this, what about you? Now I thought about this as I was thinking about teaching it, and I'm dating myself once again. How many, how many of you remember Russell Taff, who wrote the song "Praise the Lord"? Some of you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't reveal your age, but just thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember that song? Are when you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams? And your hope's been truly, cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes. And you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fear. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord. For the chains that seem to bind you fall powerless behind you. When? When you praise him. Now I don't know if that was the song they actually sang. Paul and Silas that is. But they say now, verse 2 I think it was something like Satan is a liar. Can you agree to that? He, he wants us to think that we're paupers when he knows himself we're children of the king. So lift up the mighty shield of faith for the battle must be won. Jesus Christ is written, risen. Amen. Amen. And the work's already done so do what? Praise the Lord. It's not talking about when things are going well anybody can praise when things are going well but they had an attitude of prayer they had an attitude of praise when when everything was falling apart when their backs are bleeding it seems like as though that God is so far away from them it did not matter they weren't moved by their emotional feelings or anything of that nature and their attitude did not change they had an attitude of gratitude an attitude of praise and they began to in that place in that innermost prison praise the Lord in such a loud voice hallelujah that everybody heard them all the prisoners heard them and they shout the praise of God and guess what he who inhabits the praises of his people they gave him something to inhabit Psalm 22 verse 3 says he inhabits the praises of Israel the praises of his people and so they gave him something to inhabit and when God inhabits your praise your problems fall by the wayside hallelujah hallelujah Everyone's bands were loose. They were all delivered and set free and the Philippian jailer he came in. He was going to kill himself on his sword because he knew his torture would be so bad from the Romans because he let the prisoners escape. See everyone's bands were loose. The jail doors, you know that was the true jailhouse rock. I mean the place, the place was shaken. Amen. Think about it. And so he Instead of killing himself, Paul says, do yourself no harm. We're still here. And he cries out, what must I do to be saved? And they led him to Jesus. And guess what? The church at Philippi started from a bunch of criminals. Imagine that. You think God can't clean up a life? They were all crooks. They were all in jail. Except Paul and Silas. They were just there because of their faith. So they were brought out, started a church. Praise God. Book of Philippians. But what came out of them was already in them. And that's why it came out. So you see, number one, our attitude reveals what's on the inside of us. Number two, our attitude determines success or failure in life. In the book of Numbers in chapter 12, we're going to read this first. Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. Well, let me tell you something right now. I'll give you a little clue here. Miriam's cap wasn't on tight. She was similar to Eve. Well, I better not go down that path. Because of the Ethiopian woman whom he hadn't married. You see, she's not good enough for her brother, Moses. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? And hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now I want you to see here, Miriam had a bad attitude and so did Aaron. She kind of followed suit, followed along. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly, and the Lord, sp- the Lord spake suddenly, the Lord spake suddenly. And said unto Moses, unto Aaron, unto Miriam. They didn't have middle names. You'll get that in a moment. When your parent calls you by your middle name, what does that mean? Look out. So can you imagine? Dante, Andrew, Ruth. Ruth. Okay? The Lord spake suddenly to them and said, come out you three under the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron, Miriam, and they both came forth. Can you see them lined up? One, two, three. Andrew, Dante, and Ruth standing right there in the front. Okay, you two, step up. Oh, well, thank God you were Moses Stand back you got to picture this. you got to see this. This is the creator. This is the living God who calls them out by name and says, now step forward. Okay. And he said, hear now my words. Whew. It's getting hot. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous. That's why I'm picking on her. Miriam became leprous, white as snow, and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. See, the reason why I'm saying it was probably Miriam that was the one whose lid wasn't on tight is because when she got shaken, because of the jealousy, because of the, whatever her attitude was, she began to speak things out about her own brother Moses that she should have never spoke. Influenced her brother Aaron, which she should have never spoke, which kind of got him involved in the whole situation, but God went to the very source. And when the hand of God's protection is removed from anyone... Look out. She became leprous. And if you read on, even when Moses cried out for her to be delivered, he goes, she'll be that way for seven days. Whew. Imagine that. Notice we recently talked about godly reverential fear. Would that cause you to fear God? We have no clue, no idea how much we are protected from by the grace of God that's on us. It's when we step out from beneath the grace of God that we expose ourselves to the will of our enemy. And so you see, God takes these things seriously and because she spoke out and she created all this craziness among the people against Moses, God didn't take it lightly. He didn't like it at all. So you see, with the lid's not on straight and right and we're shaken by whatever shakes us What's on the inside is going to come to the outside and it wasn't good. It was bad. And so what happened to her? I wouldn't call that success in life, would you? How many of you think she learned a lesson? I think she learned a lesson that day. A week later. But now let's look at the other fellow. Joseph. Joseph was given a dream. He was told he's going to be somebody in authority. Even his own family would bow to him one day in this dream, in God's great plan for his life. Well, Joseph is one who reveals to us what it's like to have a good attitude in a bad situation, bad circumstances, or being in a difficult place. So what happens to Joseph is he, because of his brother's bad attitude, is sold into slavery. But first he finds himself where? in the pit. He's in a pit. He's not in a palace. He's in a pit. We have no record anywhere in the Bible where he had a bad attitude about where he was at in that pit. As a matter of fact, if we study his life, we discover that Joseph was one of a good attitude. So we can only imagine his attitude when he was there in that pit. I will say this, he didn't have a pit party That's my father's corn coming out of me. I blame it on my (laughs) father. Pun intended. He didn't have a pity party. Right? No. Then he finds himself where? Falsely accused and in prison. But we have no record of him doing anything wrong in prison. As a matter of fact, he was a model prisoner. Was he not? He was helping people there that were other inmates. He took a liking to them and helped them and Did all kinds of things for them. Well because he had a good attitude in the pit. And because he had a good attitude in the prison. It came out of him because that was in him. He kept his eyes and attention focused on, my God has made me a ruler over many. My God has given me a position. This isn't going to hinder me. The pit's not going to hinder me. That, that uh, prison's not going to hinder me. As far as I'm concerned, God is faithful to his promise. He's faithful to his truth. He's faithful to his word. And I'm just going to celebrate and rejoice. I'm going to watch the hand of God move in my life because I've got a great attitude. Are you following this? Can you see this? But what does feeling and emotion want to do? Why am I in the pits? Right? I've been falsely accused. Here I am in prison. Can you imagine this? And you've got such a bad attitude that God. How many of you know that God doesn't inhabit pouting? Murmuring. Complaining. He does not inhabit bad attitudes. Now, who does? Well, I know God doesn't. That doesn't leave anyone else to think about except for our enemy. And when we talk with a bad attitude, you're giving place to the enemy. We're giving place to the enemy. We want to give God an opportunity to work in our lives, right? And so having a, a controlled attitude that says, I'm going to change my thoughts, my attitudes from this day forward will begin to change for the better. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to start letting God inhabit my, my life. Absolutely. I want God living big in me. I'm not going to walk around talking about how I can't do this, I can't do that, etc., etc. I want to start saying no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what I see before me, my circumstances or whatever, I'm going to declare that my God, the God that I serve is a faithful God. I praise him for his faithfulness tonight. I praise him for his uh, loving kindness in the morning. And I thank him for him being faithful to all of his promises. Hallelujah. I may not know when, I may not know where, I may not know how, but my God will do it for me because he's more than enough. He's the God of plenty, hallelujah. I may be in a pit right now, but you know what? So I might be in prison next. But it doesn't matter because I will find myself in the palace one day. And so you think about it. We may think this life is the pits like so many people do. And actually I've heard unsaved people say, this is hell right here on earth. No, it's not. No, hell is not on earth. Hell is beneath the earth and it is eternal and it will be forever and ever. Where the worm dies not, And the fire's never quenched. Amen. I want to be in the palace. Not in the pits. How about you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Number three. The third thing. Our attitude is our choice. It's our choice. We must make a decision that our attitudes are going to be changing for the better. Look at Psalm 34. This is David. And David really did display a good attitude on many occasions. He had his ups and downs, so don't, don't think you have to be perfect. But I will bless the Lord when I feel like it, he said. I will bless the Lord when my circumstances line up to be the way I want them to be. I will bless the Lord. I will. You cannot really make a stronger assertion than I will I will I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast of the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof be glad oh magnify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears and the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him to deliver them so David was saying in those first seven verses I will bless the Lord always continuously you know why because I know he inhabits the praises of his people and when I bless him in the hard places he shows up on the scene and praise the Lord God Almighty he will fight for me he will defend me he will deliver me he will set me on high because I know his name I call upon him in my day of trouble and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears you You can almost say that the person that's griping and complaining like the Israelites of old their attitude is they're looking at themselves I can't achieve this I can't accomplish that well we know you can't neither can I but we know who can Amen. amen So let's list some things. Number one. Well first of all look at these other scriptures. Because you know when you say that. Some, someone says well that's the Old Testament. And that was David. Okay look at 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5 verses 16 through 18. This is the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul. And Jesus taught the gospel to Paul. Rejoice when you feel like it. When all your circumstances are lining up. No rejoice evermore pray without ceasing in everything give thanks not for everything but in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you hallelujah we want to know the will of God. This is the will of God. I rejoice, I rejoice, I rejoice, I rejoice. But brother, you didn't get your paycheck I rejoice, I rejoice, I rejoice, I rejoice. But you don't know what you're going through. I rejoice, I rejoice in the Lord always, And again, I say rejoice. I pray without ceasing because this is the will of God for me. And everything I give thanks to my Father God, I cast all my care on Him because He cares for me. Here it is, Lord. Here it is. I can't do it, but you can do it. Thank you, Hallelujah. We gotta step aside and just let God take over. That's a good attitude. Amen. Our our attitude should be this Jesus said, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, I am nothing, have nothing, know nothing, can do nothing. Well, that kind of leaves me pretty inept, wouldn't you say? <laughs> and nothing, have nothing, know nothing, can do nothing. Someone says you're a know it all. No, Jesus knows it all, not me. I'm just lining up with what he said. Amen. So, what about Hebrews thirteen fifteen? By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise of God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How often? How often? What does that word say there? Continually. Continually. If we had some kind of praise meter, attitude meter, and we played it or recorded ourselves all day long, do you think we would have the attitude of a praiser or the attitude of of a murmurer everybody's scared looking at me like I'm not going to answer that (laughs) think about it and people want to know well why isn't God doing more in my life have you given him something to work with have you given him something to inhabit have you given him something to live in if we will but praise him in the hard places. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's not, it's, it's, it's not difficult. Because it is trust me we had many occasions with Andrew here in, on many opportunities to have a bad day and bad attitudes especially I'll never forget the day when I was told you better get here he's going to die he's got chickenpox pneumonia and, and I just got home from the hospital I was just so exhausted driving back and forth and all that not really sleeping at night staying up with him all night long and finally was going to jump in bed and I got the phone call and I jumped back in the car and I thank God thank God thank God for the Holy Ghost thank God for the Holy Ghost thank God for the Holy Ghost if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost get filled with the Holy Ghost and thank God for the Holy Ghost I'm telling you right now because he came upon me in that car and you know I never claimed to be a singer I began to sing all the way from from Brighton Township all the way to Children's Hospital and I sang the praises of Almighty God all the way there hallelujah as the spirit descended upon me I just shouted the praise by the time I got there you would think they called and told me praise God he's perfectly whole but when I got there, we got the report that must have been a mistake. He doesn't have it. Oh, shout to the Lord, somebody! <laughs> Glory to God, hallelujah! <laughs> Glory to God! What would you exchange for that? Oh, you talk about a peace of God that passes all understanding. Amen. Amen. Continually give praise to God. Why? Because if that's in you, then in the hard place when you're beaten and, and you're whipped. And your lid's a little bit, get, get it on tight. What's going to come out of you then is going to be, oh, no problem. I'm just going to ask my father, because he said, ask and you shall receive. And I'm going to praise him for doing it. I'm going to praise him for doing it. I'm going to praise him in the hard places. I'm going to praise him for doing it. Praise you, praise you, praise you. So how long do I praise? Until it materializes. Amen. Until it materializes. Amen? Amen. Now, uh, let's look at this. Number one, speak if you want to develop the right, if I am, I include myself when I say this, okay? It's not you, it's, it's all of us, myself included. I've got to learn to speak right words. If I want to have and develop a good attitude, I have got to learn how to speak right words. Words that are positive. Look at Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. Death. It says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with good, by the fruit of his mouth. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips so shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Make the tree good and its fruit good. In other words, if the tree is the attitude, make it a good one. A good attitude. How? By speaking positive words. Someone says, is that that positive, you know, thing? Positive confession, positive whatever. God's positive. He's positive. Would you want to serve a negative God? Can you imagine how God waking up in the morning and just said, I know I told my people that my mercies are renewed every morning, but I'm tired. <laughs> I am just so exhausted this morning. I, you know, I'm just really, it's, it's really. Oh, and have you seen some of them? You talk about attitude. Oh my goodness. Remember the one time on earth and Jesus said, how long am I going to be with you? How long shall I put up with you? All this doubt, all this unbelief. Bring him to me. Can you see God on the throne saying that? No, we got to speak right words and speak right things because your belly is going to be filled with good by the fruit of your mouth. And the things that we say will produce within us a good attitude. I choose to have a good attitude in this situation. Look, Paul did. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Paul said he learned this. Well, let me ask you a question. Once again, who taught Paul the gospel? Jesus did. So apparently it was important enough for him to emphasize this in Paul's life. Because he said, Paul, you're going to suffer great things for my name's sake, right? Isn't that what he said to Paul? But it's all right. Be of good cheer. Have a good attitude. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned... I have learned. I have learned what you learned, Paul. Whatever state I'm in, there were to be in, to be content or independent of circumstances. I both know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, I, and to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that a positive statement? Yes. I. It's personal. Can. It's positive. Do. It's practical. All things, it's pervasive. Through Christ, it's providential. Who strengthens me? It's powerful. One scripture verse will help us develop the right kind of an attitude. I'm not trusting in myself. I'm trusting in God. In him, I can do all things. Through Christ, who is my strength. Philippians. Next, second. Think on on positive things. Speak positive things, but also think on positive things. Proverbs 23, 7 says what? As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You realize it's so easy to think and meditate upon things that are bad? Very easy to do that. You mull them over in your mind. You think about them. You think about situations. You think about what you're going through. You think about how you can't do this. You think about how that's going to affect you. Well, God says, look, let let the meditation in my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God. Remember the psalmist said that? David said that? The meditation of your heart and the words of your mouth. The words in my mouth and meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. So in other words, we have to force ourselves. Tighten that lid when we get shaken tighten that lid down and say I am not going to think that way I'm not going to speak that way I am so tempted to say it I'm so tempted to act it out but I am not I am not I am not I refuse to why because I want to develop the kind of attitude that Paul and Silas had when they were in prison I want to be a person that says it may look bad sound bad I have all the bad circumstances right in front of my face but I am believing that my God is more than enough to meet my need I'm going to think about it I'm going to speak it I'm going to say it and you notice here in the look at Philippians 4 8 Paul did this is the living Bible and now brothers as I close this letter let me say this one more thing fix your thoughts fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about that. Is that powerful? Notice fix your mind on things that are good and pure and lovely. Even in other people's lives but also about the things of God. Fix. Second word I have there, Filter filter what goes in filter those things out that don't belong there don't listen to the lies of the enemy don't listen to him when he says you're not going to make it you can't you're not going to see yourself through this or whatever or what about miriam she should have rejected those thoughts about her brother and not spew them out to create havoc among all these other people i'll tell you what when your bottle has a loose lid you can create a lot of trouble if you have a bad attitude on the inside did you know that Even for yourself. Even for yourself. Okay and then third resist negative thoughts and emotions. And this is probably very difficult for all of us. Resist negative thoughts and emotions. Paul the apostle did. So did David. Look at David first in Psalm 42. Verse 5. He is speaking to his soul. Your soul is comprised of your mind, will, emotions, and intellect. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, notice, for the help of his countenance. You realize that if you have, you walk into the presence of someone whose countenance has fallen, they may be down for a reason or another. And you walk into their presence, and you start speaking the word of God, or just encouraging them in the Lord. What happens? Their countenance changes, right? It changes. Andrew and I were driving uh, home one day, just this recently, just this past week, I think, from a ball game or whatever. And I, I just—we uh, st- were just talking to word. I was just sharing about start praising them. I—I I, I don't sing publicly, but geez, I would sing a little bit, you know. <laughs> I am want to sing until the glory of the Lord comes down. I'm going to sing into, I'm going to shout until the glory of the Lord comes down. I'm going to praise until the glory of the Lord comes down. I'm going to dance until the glory of the Lord comes down. Just keep on doing it. And he said, finally said to me, He said, Dad, how come why is it that it seems like God's right here? I said, because he is. We've been praising him and he is right here. He inhabits the praises of his people. And so when your countenance is fallen, the enemy wants you to keep it down. Keep your head down, down low. Don't look up, just look around. You'll get distracted. You'll get confused. Look within and you're going to get uh, full of anxiety because you can't do it on your own. But if we look up, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills where it's come at my help. My help comes from above. The Lord that made heaven and earth and sea and all that in them is. I'm going to lift up my chin. I'm going to lift up my eyes. My eyes are on you like Jehoshaphat's Lord. I got armies coming against me. Three of them trying to destroy me, wipe me off the planet. But you know what? My eyes are on you and I will fix them on you. I'm going to filter anything else out and praise God. I'm going to feed on what your word says. (inaudible) Fix, filter, and feed amen look at verse 11 psalm 42 notice he says you're the help of my countenance but now notice this why art thou cast down on my soul why art thou disquieted within me hope thou in god for i shall yet praise him who is the what he's the health of my countenance and my god are you ready for this if you're down in deep depression, all you need to do is do exactly what he said. You, I, I guarantee you, it'll get you off your medication in a heartbeat. When you start saying, "I'm not looking to anything else but you, oh God, you are the help of my countenance, you are the health of my countenance," I'm putting that in my soul. I'm going to put it in a song. I'm going to praise you for being the help and the health of my countenance. And you, tell me, write an ode to that. Amen. And what happens? He inhabits the praises and pulls you out of that thing. Hallelujah. And then also uh, let's say Paul did. How powerful this is. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God that are pulling down the strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought. Everybody say every thought. Every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is how we develop the right mental attitude, the right attitude that we all should have. We have to resist first of all, speak positive words, think positive things, and resist. Anything and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of the living God. And let that become the attitude by which you conduct yourself in life. Are you instrument rated this morning? You have your indicator ready to go? Check your own heart. Determine where you're at as far as your attitude is concerned. I just put these together. Let's read them real quick. When it comes to confidence, notice. A positive is I can do. A negative is I can't do it. When it comes to optimism, you're either optimistic or pessimistic. Is the glass half empty or half full? When it comes to sincerity, you're either sincere or insincere. When it comes to tolerance, you're tolerant or intolerant or accepting or unaccepting. When it comes to effort, we're either diligent or lazy. When it comes to trust, we're trusting or cynical. A lot of people are cynical when it comes to believing God. When it comes to forgiveness, you're very forgiving or you could be unforgiving. And that's a bad attitude. When it comes to gratitude, you can be grateful for what great things God has done or ungrateful and have an ungrateful attitude. You see, the choice is ours. It's up to us as to how we're going to live our lives and what attitude we'll be dominated by. Amen. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school.